What is going on everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, it's some of my early thoughts ahead of game week 11. So I'm going to go through the watch list players and then go through some of my notes from the weekend plus the key talking points as well. So if you enjoyed this video, make sure to give it a like, hit that subscribe button if you haven't done so already and let's jump into it. All right, let's start off with Darwin Nunez. And I think we need to start taking him seriously as an FPL option. That doesn't mean you need to rush out and buy him straight away or anything like that. I know a lot of people are on 3-5-2 formations at the moment, and they've probably got two of Watkins, Haaland, and Alvarez for the most part. I just think moving forward when you're making transfers, you should at least be considering him. And if we look at what he's done so far this season, he's the fourth highest scoring forward with 47 points, joint with Nketiah, interestingly enough. We're going to talk about him later as well. I don't think anyone would have predicted that back in game week one. He's 12 points behind Alvarez. And then you've got Harden and Watkins kind of quite out uh, or quite far in front. Obviously, right now, they probably are the two best forwards to own. Now, he's the fourth highest scoring forward with 47 points. But there is a reason people are on 3-5-2. If you look at the midfield list, there are a lot of midfielders that have got 47 or more points. So I completely get why up to this stage, Darwin Nunez hasn't been a huge part of the conversation. But if you look at what's happened this season... He has been a rotation threat. He has missed quite a few games. And I'm not saying that has gone away because it absolutely hasn't. Liverpool have a lot of options. The only attacker that I think is 100% nailed on is, of course, Salah. But I think the risk of being benched is definitely smaller than it was at the start of the season. So he was benched for the first three games. Chelsea, Bournemouth and Newcastle. Gakpo was playing quite a lot as that number nine. Since then, the only games he hasn't started are either straight after the international break or when he hasn't been fit. So he played 64 minutes against Villa in game week four. He missed Wolves. Oh, sorry, he didn't miss it completely, but he was on the bench against Wolves after the international break. 80 minutes against West Ham. Missed the Spurs game because he was uh, injured. 90 minutes against Brighton in game week eight. Then benched against Everton straight after the international break. And now 79 minutes against Forest in game week 10 and got a goal and an assist. Now, part of that problem is, of course, we've got another international break coming up. And that's between game weeks 12 and 13. But I don't think that's a huge issue because for Liverpool, it's Man City away. So probably toughest game of the season. And when you look at his total returns, despite not starting, what is that, six games this season? Yeah, so three on the bench at the start, two after the international break and the Spurs game. So he's not started six of the first 10 games and he's still on four goals, five assists. So I'm thinking, what's he going to do when he gets a run of starts? And I think right now he is first choice. And I think outside of those international break games, he's probably going to start the majority. I think he's going to start against Luton away. Then he's going to start against Brentford at home. He may not start against Man City, although because of how tough a game that is, he might play. And I think he probably gets the Fulham game in game week 14. There is a little bit, of, I guess, of a concern for game week 15 because that is a midweek game. And so it's Sheffield United away. That will be a bit annoying to miss. But I think he definitely starts one of, if not both, of Sheffield United and Palace. So overall. You're probably getting at least Luton, Brentford, Fulham, and then one of, if not both, of Sheffield United and Crystal Palace. I think that's a pretty nice run for a player that's got ridiculous underlying numbers. Like per 90 minutes, 0.87 expected goals per 90, 0.18 expected assists. There's not many players in the league that put up those kind of numbers. So if you're someone that's willing to take a little bit of a risk, then I think he is probably one of the best forwards to go for at the moment. I can't guarantee you him starting every single game. And I think someone like Ollie Watkins right now is definitely going to start, you know, every single match. But there is a million difference now if you're buying new. Watkins is 8.4. Nunez is 7.4. What can you do with that additional money? I think, for me, 
I, I, I like to talk about a variety of players, even if I'm never going to bring them in, because I know different FPL managers want to play a different way. And I've talked about Darwin Nunez a lot, and I don't think I've ever owned him. And I'm still not sure if I'm going to be able to bring him in, because it's just about when do I have that transfer to get him. Because if you've got Watkins, he's got Forrest away and Fulham at home. So there's no real need to go out and get Nunez. You're not going to get him for Man City away. So then it's that 14 to 16 period. And then you know that he might miss the midweek game because Liverpool do have other options they can bring in. I think there's a chance that he would start all three, especially if he's benched for Man City, but it's not guaranteed. And that's the problem with him. I think he's so good and such a fun differential for FPL. It just never feels like the right time to bring him in. So if you're if you're a manager that likes to take a bit more of a risk, you haven't got Watkins and you just don't want to spend that extra money, I think looting away this week could be big for him. And I'm fairly sure he's going to start. But as always, I cannot guarantee you that um, because Liverpool do have a lot of options in that attack. And obviously there are plenty of full, uh, sorry, plenty of attackers in FPL in general that are nailed on. But yeah, I like Nunez. I just wonder at what point am I ever going to own him? So we've got to talk about Eddie Nketiah, hat-trick hero against Sheffield United in game week 10. Yes, I am gutted that I went for Jao Pedro instead of him, but it was only a kind of slight thought close to the deadline. It's not like I've been considering Nketiah all week or something like that. But obviously, we did get the news on Friday that Jesus was out. And given that he's only 5.5 million and he's just scored a hat-trick, he is going to be pretty popular going into game week 11. Here's what I would say. It's Newcastle away, right? It's a tough game. You've probably got a forward with as good a fixture, if not better, this week. Like, if you've got Alvarez and Harden, they've both got Bournemouth at home. Watkins has got Nottingham Forest away. Obviously, Nunez, we just spoke about, has got Luton away, etc. They're all easier games than Newcastle away. So, I don't think Nketiah suddenly becomes essential. And, obviously, the only reason he's playing is because Jesus is out. So, preferably, we would wait for an update from Arteta, who would hopefully give us a time frame. Now, unfortunately, that didn't happen at the press conference last Friday, and I'm not guaranteeing it will happen this week either. But that is the key information we need to know, because when Jesus is fit, he is the first choice number nine. I think it has gone under the radar just how popular Nketiah is for Arteta when Jesus is out, because Nketiah has started eight of the first 10 league games for Arsenal. When I tweeted about him on Friday, when we got that Jesus news, a lot of people replied about, you know, Trossard can play number nine, Havertz has been playing well, but Nketiah does seem to be the first choice backup, and I think he is a bit of a different profile to both of those players. Like, Nketiah is more of a box presence, whereas Trossard and Havertz want to get a bit more involved with the play, so it does look like when Jesus is out, he is going to play, so now we need that time frame. The reason that I'd be cautious is because of that international break between game weeks 12 and 13. So even if Jesus was ruled out for like three to four weeks, he might only miss Newcastle away and Burnley at home and could be back for Brentford. And even if he's not, then you've got game week 14, which let's just take a look at the date right now. Uh, game week 14 is around the 3rd of December, right? And we're not even yet into November. So there is a chance that with Nketi, you only get three games two or three games, and one of them's Newcastle away anyway. And then once you bring him in, you've got to get him straight back out again. If Jesus is ruled out for like two months, different conversation. I think Nketiah is then a really great option. And I would, when you hear managers talk about how long a player is out for, I would check how many game weeks that actually is because right now we've got an international break coming up. But over the December period, you then have midweek games and stuff like that. So then when a player misses two to three weeks, that might actually be four to five games whereas not right now that might only be one to two games so definitely take that into account but if he's ruled out for a while i think ketty is a great option especially with the fixtures that arsenal got coming up after newcastle away but i just wouldn't really worry about it 
too much this week. And that's about it, really. I don't, I don't think there's too much to say. Like, his underlying numbers, 0.39 expected goals per 90, 0.04 expected assists. They're not great. He hasn't necessarily played the best this season. That's what a lot of people said when I mentioned about bringing him in. But I think in the past, we have seen much better numbers from him. And obviously, we've only got 10 games this season, so it's a small sample size anyway. So I really like him as an option. Uh, and fair play to, play to Praz, who was, uh, who's been on the channel before. He picked him up this week. But I just think I wouldn't panic that he scored a hat-trick. He now has to be in your team. But definitely take note of how many times he started. He's got five goals, two assists already, eight starts. He doesn't always play 90 minutes, but usually gets kind of 65-plus when he does, uh, does start. He's only been benched for Chelsea away in game week nine and uh, 45 minutes against Fulham in game week three. So yeah, good option. No need to rush to buy him this week. You've probably got a better forward anyway. But if Jesus is ruled out for a long time, then game week 12 onwards looks like a pretty decent time to pick him up. All right, let's stick with Arsenal, but talk about one of their defenders instead, Gabriel, who was benched against Sheffield United in game week 10. And unless you got someone off the bench like Charlie Taylor, like I did, and got really lucky... It probably is quite frustrating because Sheffield United at home is one of the most nailed on clean sheets you're going to have all season. I watched that game in full. They didn't trouble Arsenal whatsoever and they only put up 0.03 expected goals, which is terrible, right? So it was a nailed on clean sheet. That is exactly what happened. But obviously, Gabriel didn't get one. And now there's some panic moving forwards about whether or not this is going to continue to happen where he could be subbed in any given game. Now, I wouldn't panic straight away. Because Newcastle away in game week 11 wasn't a great fixture anyway. So hopefully you've got someone on the bench that you can play instead. Before I even saw that Arsenal team sheet, I had Gabriel third sub this week. So I'm not particularly worried, but I'm in a position where I've just wildcarded. So my bench depth is pretty good. And I can just bring him back in for game week 12. If you're in a position where you have to play him this week, I still think I would risk it. Because if he keeps his place, the fixtures afterwards are pretty good, especially in game week 12. Now, Arteta said... It was a rest. And look, maybe that was just an excuse to be able to bring Kivior in. Similarly, we've been able to bench Odegaard, etc. But I tend to believe him on this occasion because he has played a lot of games in a row. Since game week four against Man United, he's played 90 minutes in every single match. Tough games, right? Man United, well, maybe not Man United, but Man United, Spurs, Man City, Chelsea away as well. He's played all of those games. The one that he chooses to rest him in is Sheffield United. So if you're going to you know, be okay without one of your main defenders. That's probably the kind of match. So I do think it was a rest. But obviously, as people said on the stream last night, he doesn't rest Saliba. And I completely get that. And I think if you want a nailed on Arsenal defender, you've got to pay a little bit extra, right? For Saliba at 5.2 million. And he probably is worth it moving forward. I feel like Saliba is basically Arsenal's Van Dyke. You know that Canate is going to play most of the other games, but Matip could come in. They've got Kwanzaa, Gomez. There is going to be some rotation at times, whereas when Van Dijk is fit and available, he just plays every game. And I feel like that is the same with Arsenal. Saliba is going to play every game that he's fit and available for, and Gabriel is going to play most of them, but probably not all of them. The reason that I'm, look, I'm not 100% confident in this, but fairly confident, is because they didn't change the system. It's not like back in game week one, where Party was right back, he was inverting into midfield, they had Timber or Tommy Asu on the left, Ben White right centre-back, Saliba is uh, kind of uh, in the centre as well, um, and building up in a back three. They've not been doing that. It's been a similar back four to last season. Zinchenko, Gabriel, Saliba, Ben White. So I'm fairly confident that is the system they're going to play moving forward. And I think Gabriel is ahead of Kivior in the pecking order. But 
there is no guarantee over the next six games that Gabriel is going to play every single game. But I think for the money, he's probably just worth holding on to. I know some people have said, you know, you should have learned from your mistakes in game week one. We saw that he wasn't 100% there. Why have you gone back for him? I think part of it was the price. Right? I got him at 4.7. He's now 4.8. He is a bit cheaper than Saliba, and he's much cheaper than Ben White. And he had played the majority of games. So I think it was a fair call. But definitely going forward, if you want the nailed on Arsenal defender, you've got to pay a little bit more for that. My plan is just to hold on to him and just hope that he plays against Burnley at home. And by the way, it's not just it's not just the Premier League games that he played a lot. He'd also played during the international break for Brazil as well, whereas Saliba and Ben White just hadn't played for France or England. So there is maybe something in it from what Arteta was saying. And again, because of the fixture, he was able to do that. I think he's going to play against Newcastle. I think he's going to play against Burnley at home. And then after that, let's see. Because of the international break, if he plays again for Brazil, maybe he's going to miss one of these games coming up. But I don't think it's going to be him missing one in every two or one in every three. I think it's going to be like one in every five or six. And that could be frustrating if he misses a good game, you don't get the clean sheet, and you don't have someone to come off your bench. But I still think right now it's probably not worth panicking. Like if you look at my team, for example, this week, I've got him third bench because I've got Simakas against Luton. Cash against Forest and Gay against Burnley. And I was always going to play them this week. Um, and I think that's fine. So I've got that cushion. You might not have that. And maybe you want to look to move him on. And I think Saliba, because the thing with the Arsenal fixtures, just to kind of talk about this a little bit more, is there's a lot of good fixtures for quite a while. Like you're always going to have a few tough ones thrown in. Newcastle away in game week 11, uh, Liverpool away in 18. I mean, to be fair, Villa away and Brighton at home are not easy either. But they could get one clean sheet over those three games. Then you move on forwards. You've got Liverpool at home in 23, Newcastle at home in 26. There's not a huge amount of really difficult games that Arsenal have. So getting in that defender for the long term, like Saliba, is probably going to be worth it. I think if you put Saliba in, you're probably not taking him out until you wildcard again. And even then, he might be worth holding on to, depending on what the landscape of FPL is at the time. So, yeah, moving forward, if you're bringing an Arsenal defender in... I think it's probably got to be Saliba. I still think Ben White is a little bit overpriced for what he offers. But again, he's, his minutes are looking pretty good. But for now, if you've got Gabriel, I'm going to hold on to him. I think most people probably should too. So I'm just going to run through some of my notes from the weekend, plus the key talking points. And one of the big ones was Trippier coming away from game week 10 with a zero pointer. Now I'm going to talk about him in a little bit more detail in tomorrow's video, but there has been a bit of a reaction to that. Some people now saying, should they sell him? I would ask yourself two questions. What was the original plan? And if it was to sell him in game week 11, go ahead with that. If it wasn't, then your second question should be, what has changed? Have you seen enough in that Wolves game to now tell you that he's a bad option moving forward? They're the kind of questions to ask yourself. But in terms of my general thoughts on him as an FPL option, I'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, just on Son, he played his, if we look at um, his recent matches, he played his first 90-minute game since game week three. We know that he was carrying a bit of an injury, and that's why he was being subbed early. Uh, and look, I don't have access to the medical records and stuff like that from Spurs. But from just watching him against Palace, he did not look like he was carrying an injury or worried about anything and stuff like that. So I think that is very positive news for him moving forward. The other reason I think it's interesting that he played 90 minutes is because that was a Friday match after playing on Monday for 81 minutes. So some of these games where he's been subbed early, that's with a week's rest in between. Whereas now he's just played... Uh, Monday evening 81 minutes and then played Friday 90 so I think that looks pretty good for him uh, moving forward 
Uh, in Burmo, he probably I took him out on wildcard. He probably is the best 6.5 million midfielder. If you don't own him, it's probably fine for now. But game week 14 onwards, I think he's got to be in our teams. Absolutely nailed on. His minutes are incredible. He's on penalties. All that stuff I've talked about for the first 10 game weeks. And look, you could say maybe he got a little bit lucky because of the way that goal happened and more pay making the pass and it was Sanchez up for the corner and stuff like that. But he's still on the pitch at that point because he just never gets subbed. And he's got those penalties in his lockers. So, yeah, even if you were looking to bring in a midfielder around that price this week, even though he's got Liverpool and Arsenal coming up, I'd probably just get him in and save yourself a transfer um, down the line. So I'm a bit annoyed that I got rid of him, but it is what it is. I played the fixtures and it hasn't worked out. Watkins was unlucky. If you captain him ahead of kind of Haaland or Salah, then you can probably consider yourself unfortunate. He put up 1.4 expected goal involvement. But not only is that a really good number... That's his highest of the season so far. Even against Brighton, where he got, obviously, I think it was a hat-trick one and two assists, he put up 0.98 expected goal involvement. So he's gone one. He's gone better against Luton and come away with nothing. That is just FPL all over. That can happen. I certainly wouldn't be panic on, panicking on him just yet. Although, I think there is maybe a conversation to be had after game weeks 11 and 12 that possibly he could be downgraded if you need the money for another move. But that's a conversation for another game week. Uh, Isaac is apparently out until after the international break. So if you're looking at Cannon Wilson or you already own him, you should get the next two matches. So Arsenal at home and Bournemouth away. That looks pretty good. And he would be on penalties as well. I still... I mentioned this on stream yesterday. I still question whether, even with Isaac out of the picture, can Wilson play weekend, Champions League midweek, and then play weekend again? I think he can. But I don't know how often he can do that. So I think even if Isaac was out, there might be a game every now and again that Wilson misses. But while Isaac is out, Wilson is obviously first choice number nine. And for FPL, that's quite nice. In terms of how long Isaac might be out for, I don't know. It could be that he's back straight away after the international break, game week 13. It might be 14, 15. We just don't know at the moment, unless Eddie Howe obviously tells us that. Uh, Bruno Fernandes is on four yellow cards. I would guess... Most people probably weren't looking to bring him in anyway. But Man United do have Fulham away, Luton at home, Everton away. For those of you out there that want to take a punt on a player that no one else wants right now, or most people don't want, you could have been looking at him. But he is only one yellow card away from a suspension. And I guess not just Bruno Fernandes, but at this point of the season, that is something to keep an eye on. And you can see that on the FPL page. If you go to um, all players, well, you can go to defenders, midfielders, forwards, whatever... But on this, instead of total points, you've got yellow cards. And anyone, so anyone that's on five has already served a suspension or is about to. Um, is players on four and maybe three as well. But I wouldn't not bring a player in if they were on three. But four would start to worry me a little bit. Now, in terms of a broad thought on this, we have been here before with some key players that have been on four. The player that always stands out in my mind is Diogo Costa for Chelsea. He was on four yellow cards, didn't bring him in. He didn't get another one for like eight or nine games. Absolutely smashed it in terms of FPL points. But it's just something to consider. If you're looking between Luca Dean, let's say Moreno's out for a, a while longer, or just going for one of the centre-backs who's on less yellow cards, I'd probably just go for one of the centre-backs for safety. But obviously, you can weigh that up on each individual player, right? So Bruno Fernandes is probably the key one in midfield. Douglas Luiz... Another assist at the weekend made me look absolutely stupid, of course, but I'm, I'm used to that at this point. Um, he's only one away from a suspension as well. Uh, Nicholas Jackson's already served his. 
and then Jesus and that are on two or less. So it's not a huge problem for forwards. But just keep an eye on that when you're making transfers over this next kind of uh, one to two months. And then Soboslai, 90-minute man for Liverpool. He's played 90 minutes every single game so far. Five attacking returns. I have seen some people start to consider him as an option. I'm not completely there, if I'm honest. Um... Look, he, he's a great... He looks like a really, really good player. I think Liverpool have got an exceptional midfielder who's going to be there for a long time, and he's great overall. And he's just got two assists, and he is taking some set pieces as well. But his underlying numbers so far have not been great. It's like 0.07 expected goals, so hardly any goal threat, and 0.25 expected assists. I mean, they're not exactly exciting numbers, especially when he costs $7 million. So I think right now I'd probably rather have Bowen, Matoma, Diaby or Imbermo than Sobosla. I don't think we should completely discount him as an option because the fixtures Liverpool have got coming up are really good and maybe those numbers will improve. But I don't know if I've seen enough for 7 million to warrant him as an option. And I think given that they've also got Man City away in 13, if I was buying him or Imbermo this week, I would 100% go for Imbermo even though Liverpool have got Luton away. So yeah, you might be considering him. I think the fact that he's always on the pitch gives him a chance to get returns. And 5 in 10 is not bad by any stretch. But I think for that price point, you need a little bit more. So I probably wouldn't go for him. So they're most of the main notes. I'm sure there's some stuff I've missed. But we've got transfer tips tomorrow. Game, uh, Sorry, team selection? Yeah, team selection on Wednesday, I think. Game week preview on Thursday. Final thoughts on Friday. Deadline stream on Saturday. We'll make sure to cover as much as possible. If you've enjoyed that video, give it a like. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. If you're listening on podcasts, please do rate five stars as well. Otherwise, I'll catch you tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.